special guest. Her name is Miss Inez. Today, we're going to talk about the New Earth versus the New World Order. This is going to be episode 10. I'll have a link in the description below for the playlist. So far, I have 10 videos so far recorded. This would be the number 10. And on top of that, I'm trying to get 12 videos done in this series. And it worked out perfect because you reached out to me and you had some information about Ireland. And then Ireland became the British Empire. And then the British Empire became New World Order information. And then we started talking about Atlantis as well. I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> Let me press record first. <laughs> so I love it when all the information just flows and it comes together. And I'm, I'm very, very excited to have you on. And you do QHHT as well. So you can relate to a lot of this information. And I'm very, very interested to hear what you have to say about the new earth, the new world order, the connectivity with Ireland and Atlantis and the British empire and so on. So take it away. Tell the people who you are and what do you do? Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And so it, my name is Inez Kelly and I have been a practitioner of the healing um, energy healing and massage therapy for about 30 years. And I also am a QHHT practitioner for the last two years. I've read all of Dolores Cannon's books. Oh, which one's so, your favorite? <laughs> it would have to be the new earth and like the new, the volunteer, the three waves of volunteers in the new earth, because it just so explained so many things that I had been questioning over the course of about, uh, maybe 50 years. That's the book. <laughs> it's, it's a must read if you want to get a, a really clear idea of, number one, why you're here. Because that's when I first heard the book, like a little cosmic bomb went off in me uh, that I had to read it because there was something in it for me to understand and explore. And of course, it just took me in a whole new direction and, and explained so many things I had questions about. Visits I'd had when I was a little girl, like at about seven or eight years old, is when I first started seeing energies and mm. um, asking my mother, uh, what are those energies coming out of the closet? And But they're like, they're misty figures. And she says, oh, they're just headlights from the road. <laughs> Back then we lived on a farm and the, the headlights on the road were like once every three or four hours. So I did crawl across the floor and went to the window to see at like in the middle of the night, uh, was it headlights? And uh, sure enough, I sat there for a good hour waiting and the car went by. I looked at the closet. Nope, it's not headlights. And fortunately, when I did tell my mother, she didn't uh, steer me into a disbelief pattern that I would not believe what I saw because then over the course of, and you and I both know with QHHT, the first mm, seven, eight years of our lives, we're pretty much in state of brainwave state. So we're constantly, we're just taking everything in and being shaped by that. So this is what I do in the work that I do with QHHT and my massage work, energy work showed me what energy felt like, looked like, and sounded like 
And as a result, it just opened me up to understanding so many things about what it is to be human. Mm. So over time, because I had not, and being raised on, on a farm, it was great because half the time my mother had no idea where we were as kids. So always as being in a state of adventure and openness. That's kind of who I am. It was like an explorer. And uh, the idea of you speaking in one of your previous episodes about wanting to go to Ireland. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gee, has, I wonder if he has any idea what is in store for him to go to Ireland and the energy that's available mm -hmm. there. <laughs> yes, it's, it's just limitless. And the history is so rich. And, it, and so when you said you wanted to go to Ireland and, and as a consequence of um, everything kind of locking down in the last few right, years, right, right. I got put off. So I would want to ask you the question, why would you want to go to Ireland? Well, other than it being beautiful, it, the other cool thing would be to go see the landscape the the beauty of Ireland and if there's any energies there to pick up on so be it and Stonehenge is on the list as well to go check out and then also I know in emails we're going back and forth I know we're talking about ancestry.com and when I did my DNA test through them it said I was more Scottish but there was a disclaimer at the bottom it says you could be five percent Scottish or 20% Scottish. I was like, okay. But my mom always said that we're Irish on my mom's side. So when you said your stuff in the uh, email that you're probably more Irish than what you know, I'm like, well, there's some truth to that because my mom always said we're Irish. And then when you go to the Irish section, it kind of was a disclaimer as well. You could be 15% Irish or 5% Irish. So I'm like, okay, so I'm somewhere around there. I'm either Scottish or Irish. So it would be nice to see anything over there. And if I ain't mistaken, grandparents live in Wales. Okay. So they lived over there for a couple of generations. So, and if you look at it on the map, they're not too far from each other. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I always hear a lot of great things about Ireland. And, you know, so Ireland is on the list of things to do. And it's pretty interesting. My, my company that I work for had a trip to Ireland and they were supposed to go. And I always thought that, oh man, they're so lucky to go. But when COVID happened, they had to cancel it. They had to cancel the trip because uh, there was no flights. You know, everything was becoming locked down on quarantine. And they always pushed it off, pushed it off but we couldn't they could never go and you know we couldn't go as well so i was like oh man and they had to cancel it and i was like oh yeah i was like that could have been my chance right there and i just found out about a week or two ago that they're bringing it back that trip so they're going to try to do it again now since everything's opening back up but among the lists i'll love to see the rest of Europe as well, France, uh, the Mediterranean, Spain, Italy, you know, 
the list goes on and on. <clears throat> but so for Ireland, what did you want to add to that conversation about Ireland? Well, I'm wearing um, my green shirt and I got my green cup. <laughs> oh, there's a good man. <laughs> so I'm ready. So, all right. So Ireland, when you look at the traditional or the traditional archaeological studies about Ireland, um, it has a particular framework about how old it could be and who settled the island. And so when you start, when I started researching years ago and now um, the history of Ireland, we find that it's very much a, an oral society. So all their stories, all their history, right up until um, I would say maybe 400, 300, 400 AD uh, was essentially uh, folklore, like people sitting by a fire and talking and just telling stories from stories of the beginning of time to, you know, how did uh, Lucifer fall from heaven? So there's, there, there is the, uh, uh, the Christian form and then there's the Irish form of how uh, Lucifer fell from heaven. And uh, this, and it's, it's said with just, you know, that little bit of tongue in cheek about uh, maybe, you know, it was one day God was up in the, in, in heaven and he was, you know, having a seat on the, sitting on his throne and, and all the angels were around him. And he was having a great time and Lucifer was there and, and the, the being, he was Lucifer, the light. And, uh, and then don't, doesn't God have to go to the bathroom? So he gets up, he goes out back to go to the washroom and Lucifer wants to have a sit on the throne to find out what it's like sitting on God's throne. So sure enough, oh. he goes and has a seat on God's throne and all the angels are around him and go, oh, Lucifer, how great it is to see you on the throne. And then of course, Steph and God come back from being out in the washroom and he gets back in and he sees Lucifer sitting on the throne and he throws a fit and says, what are you doing on my throne? And he's so upset. And he, what he does is he opens up the floor and all Lucifer and all the angels start falling through the floor. And, and then there's here, there's St. Michael, the archangel. He's up in the rafters making a cup of tea. And he sees what God's doing, that he's just dropping, like he's lost it. He's dropping all the angels and Lucifer's down. And Lucifer, of course, is going right down to the bowels of the earth. And the angels, he, uh, Archangel Michael says, no, no, stop. So God closes the door and all the angels, that didn't actually, they weren't bad enough to go to hell, but they weren't good enough to come back to heaven. They became the fairies. Mm. So there's the fairies of Ireland story. That it's the, it's the angels that weren't quite ready to they make it to get back into, uh, to get back into heaven. And so there's the kind of the beginning of the story of the fairies. And then you get into the whole history of uh, the different cultures that came to Ireland um, and then you start finding out that these cultures have a, they, their stories and their mythological stories are very Greek oh that's interesting yes when you see the different uh, heroes of Ireland uh, like uh, Cuculain and uh, Finn McCool and, and, and St. Bridget so St. Bridget 
Uh, are you familiar with her? Have you ever heard of her? No, no. Okay. All right. So we'll just backtrack a little bit more because I want to just give you a flavor of Ireland because there's such a uniqueness about what the peoples over the last, say, five to 10,000 years in building their cairns. So you've heard of Newgrange, the big, huge cairn in the middle of Ireland? Yes. Okay. That's the most, it's like megalithic formation. And they're all, all these cairns are lined up to uh, solstices and equinoxes. So here's a culture that is supposed to be knuckle dragging, stone cutting, and they have these beautiful art of circles. And then when you go into the cairns, it's very much the mythological story of going into the dark, going mm. into the journey down below so that one sees depth, the depths of who they are, like the hero's journey. Do you remember in, the, in, the, in Star Wars where Luke goes into that cave? Yes. And, and meets his father? Yep. There's, there's Ireland for you. Oh, and here's another little an adjoining, the, the, the Star Wars where Luke is on that mountain and they find him. And Ray has to, uh, she's located him. And that place that Luke's hiding out in is, is called uh, uh, Skellig Michael. It's a rock island off the coast of Ireland. Oh, I thought that was New Zealand, I thought. No, it's Skellig Michael. Because I looked at it and I, and I said, I'm going to wait till the end of the credits to see. And it was like, sure enough, it was, uh, it was Skellig Michael. And uh, there was a hmm. group of uh, monks that just kind of sailed out in their little little boats and settled, created a little monastery in Skellig Michael. So, and there's like hand-carved, hand-hewn rocks. I think there's 300 of them. So, so you've got a, a very rich mythology that is very similar to a lot of uh, Greek mythology. But there's some very interesting, as an aside, there was the story of one of the groups of people that came to Ireland and he was uh, the young fellow's name was Bladesius and he was bitten by a snake and his father was just bereft with his son was going to die and he heard about these healers uh, with the Israelites and the Israelites were just encamped a little ways from where they were and he took his son to this healer named Moses and asked Moses to heal his son and he healed his son and these this group called the Milesians were so overjoyed with the father was so overjoyed with the son being healed that Moses took pity on him and said we will tell you to go to an island you will always have prosperity and you're to go to an island where there are no serpents. And so this was the story of the one of the first groups, which we're going to tie in a little bit later when we talk about the New World Order. Mm, okay, <laughs> interesting. So, so this, this group of, uh, of people that were not of, not of Egypt, they came out of Egypt, and they, they hung out in Spain or Iberia, which we were talking about earlier about Atlanteans that 
that ended up in in that part of Africa. And then eventually they got to Ireland and they met up with another group and went to battle. And they were called the, uh, the Tuas de Donan. Hmm. They were a group of people that were, uh, they, they too were healers and magical. And all the groups that came to Ireland had some kind of magical property to them. The Tuas de Donan, um, they went to battle with different tribes. We could go on forever about the different tribes and who they were and all that. But just say they went to battle. The Tuatha Dinan saw that they were going to lose the battle. So what they decided to do was make a deal with the uh, uh, Malaysians and said, tell you what, let's split Ireland in half. And the Malaysians said, okay, we'll take the top half and you take the underground or the underworld or the other world. Mm. So this is where they went and they became what are called the she or the the people of the other world. So now we've got all these cairns and and fairy forts and trees that if you go if you disturb the fairy you're in big trouble. So there's always all these points around Ireland where Essentially, you have to be conscious and aware of what you're doing. So then you go deep within the cairn. And if you've ever seen one, they're made out of stone. And many of them are aligned with the equinox and and or uh, the equinox or solstice. And you go into the back of the cave. And then you'll see like a a chart or a a map of the stars. And this is from people like four, five, six thousand years ago. Right, right. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these cairns throughout Ireland. And a little story about the fairies. Okay. A little heads up. I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) So a heads up about when you go to Ireland, if you see a hawthorn tree on a little bit of a hill out in the field all by itself, that's a fairy fort. Don't go near it. Just leave it alone. Don't touch it. People have been known if they cut it down, horrible things can happen to them. Um, mm-hmm. And or if you cross a fair, there's fairy footpaths everywhere. And people in Ireland, they know where these fairy foot. The old people of old folk folklore. Now with the internet, you know, <laughs> it's not quite the same telling stories. But you don't mess with the fairy because some terrible things can happen to you. So, so the storytellers is a a fellow who's a, what's called a, a Shanaki. He's one of the last story. That's Gaelic or Irish for storyteller. Uh, is a Shanaki. He's one of the last in Ireland. And uh, and he says, you just show respect, and you will be fine with the fairies. So you don't cross their path. You don't build on their paths. You just leave them alone. So there's just a little note just to keep a heads up. Do you have any questions, anything that you want to ask about or? With the fairies and everything. So this would be all the mystical type creatures, whether it's fairies, gnomes or anything like that. This is their region of Ireland where this tree was like a forest. Well, there's, you'll see individual trees out in a field all by themselves. So an, an Irish person will say, leave it alone. That's an Irish fort. Like an, 
or, or not an Irish word, a fairy fort. Oh. So you just leave them alone. So that's just having an awareness of and a respect for folklore, the respect for the past, the respect for energy, the, and the respect for the other, the other world. And that's one of the most beautiful things about Ireland is that it is like a, a time out of time when you go into Ireland. It is, it's magical, it's peaceful, it's beautiful, stormy. <laughs> and the, one of the things that is also to be conscious and aware of, and there's, also, there's cairns all over Ireland, but there's uh, this fellow by the name of uh, Mike Crowen, who has a travel agency up in the Roscommon, County Roscommon. And he takes people, you might be interested in this, he takes people on what are called tours of the thin places. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So and what's his name? His name is Mike Crowen, C-R-O-G-H-A-N. I can give you that information later. Okay. Um, but he takes people on tours that, that show you the thin places. So energetically, a thin place is when you step into it, something changes. You feel a shift. You feel, and it's important to, to be conscious of how you feel. There could be a shift in the temperature or like sound can all of a sudden shift. There's a fellow by the name of Watkins who was a, a geographer and a photographer in England, and he was riding over just an open field in the west of England, and all of a sudden he just he stopped and he felt he saw all of his all the ancestral images of his family and the people of the area, and what unfolded and presented to him were these beautiful lines that just like were like straight lines and then they intersected and what he saw was and developed was coining the phrase ley lines mm. so what happened is when i lived when i heard him say this i thought he stepped through a thin line of one of the thin places where the veil be between now the veil between this world and the other world is very thin. It's what happens, we call in at Halloween. Okay. And, they, and All Souls Day, the next day, is the veil between the, uh, the other world is very thin. What I say and what I'm noticing when listening to people and my clients in QHHT, the veil and the thin places are constant. They're now nonstop. They're not just this once in a, oh, once in a while. No, they're happening all the time. You can be walking down the street and you can feel, and this is when we have these, the earth energies that are shifting. The lights, that the, uh, the downloads that we're getting, the sun, uh, the light from the sun, and all of these, these I, I guess for lack of a better term, is downloads that we're getting um, is assisting us in our own bodies, our carbon bodies, in the shifting to a crystalline body in the ascension process to be able to start experiencing those thin lines. 
And of mm. course, that opens us up to be able to, to listen. So it's coming fast and furious now. And for some of us, it's, for some it's challenging um, because it's, uh, it's, it's a physical experience. So all of our bodies are changing and adjusting. And so Ireland is like a metaphor for the shift. Ireland is like a metaphor for the, as a shift from the 3D to the 5D in listening to the mythological and then li listening to and being aware of, you have to go down into the cave like death and then into the cave, like uh, Daniel said it, like the resurrection and like a metaphor for going into the depth going down deep into the depths, and there's cairns all over Ireland going down into the depths, and then the death and then the resurrection in the light and so this is what I've been been sensing myself and getting information myself um this is kind of a little aside <laughs> I have a tree that I have chats with it's a 400 year old oak tree Oh, nice. Yes. And, uh, and he, he does speak. It's, uh, there's an energy that comes from this tree that I can feel from this tree. And that, of course, the images occur. Just like you would when you put yourself into that state of state. What are the images you see in a session? You go to another time. You go to another planet. You go to another awareness. And so um, this is what so many people are experiencing now. And one of the things, uh, I call him Oki. He says, one of the things that we need to, the light codes are being activated when, in a very profound and miraculous way when we be with nature. It is the shift. The earth is shifting. It's not just us doing an ascension. The earth is shifting. And we are acting as activators. We are activating with these light codes. They're coming into us. They're coming into the, all the plants and the animals too. And the earth. So we are assisting. We can assist. So this is what I would highly recommend um, to anyone is that this is this is how you can integrate the light codes into yourself is being with um, the earth and I would say find as an old a tree as you can because <laughs> of course the roots go far and deep and they communicate with each other oh yeah there's some big roots too <laughs> yes yes and with this 400 year old tree Oh God, Jason, he's massive. As I would say, nice. judging by the size of your room there, about the size of your room. Oh my goodness. Wow. Trump. Yeah, he's massive. Oof. Ten, ten people, arms out, not eight people, arms out. Oh my goodness. And do his circumference. So And that's in your backyard? No, no, no. Well, it's a, it's about uh maybe 15 kilometers from me. Okay. okay. In a park. 
in a uh, what's called a provincial park. Okay. So um, they're all over the place, mm. and so this is what is again like the that that Ireland is a metaphor for the mythological, for the 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 hero's journey, as that was what Star Wars was all about, is taking you into that hero's journey, and part of that hero's journey is of course confronting. Uh, the shadow side, which is what Luke Skywalker had to do when he saw, oh my God, it's my, it's Luke, it's Darth Vader that's in that helmet. Needless right. to say, I was a big fan. <laughs> but it was him, correct? Like it was yes. like him seeing his dark side. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Gotcha. And, okay. and that was at that point he knew that that uh, Darth Vader was his father. So again, the dark that because of the Cairns. Um, that assists energetically on the island, which is what um, uh, Tracy alluded to when she talked about the energy above Ireland. Those, I say, those activation uh, energies are beginning to come to life. Um, and so <clears throat> because of all all the mythological and then the interweaving with Christianity with St. Oh. Patrick. There was St. Patrick. Um, St. Patrick brought the, I, he brought Christianity and the gospels to the Irish. And up until that point, um, they, they didn't have books. They didn't read and write. They just told stories. And they had a, um, what at that, by that point, a kind of a Celtic um, warrior, they were definitely the chieftains and the, the kings of Ireland were definite warriors. Some of the wars being fought over a bull. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, uh, that's Queen Maeve, and so the the women had just as much, you know, uh, warrior qualities as as the men. When Patrick came over, he brought a Christianity. He had been kidnapped by the Irish and was in Ireland for six, seven years. And a, the, the vo a voice came to him and said, go to this place and get a boat and it'll take you back. He went back to Britain, got educated as a, as a deacon or a bishop. And then he got the word, Ireland needs you to come back. And I don't think he was thrilled about the idea because he was a slave in Ireland. He'd been kidnapped and, became a, and was taken as a slave work in the fields, the shepherd's field. So he goes back to Ireland with the gospel and just starts to, t to talk about Christ and his story. Well, the Irish seem to really like this idea of just water will cleanse me and I will be born again. That sounds like a great idea. My, my sins are forgiven. Well, I've got a lot of those. Great idea. So the Irish took on the gospels and started uh, writing them within two generations, the Irish, a lot of the Irish becoming monks and nuns and becoming monastic. They love that, the monastic part and building little stone huts and Skellig Michael and, and then communities were being built around them. Uh, and so I, so Patrick brings this whole new, um, whole new language of love that a, a, a language of love and forgiveness that 
the culture at that time really didn't have an experience of, nor did the planet for that matter, mm. like of the arising of love as access to the infinite and the divine. Well, that was great. The Irish loved it. They became fluent in Greek and Latin and, and then copied all the gospels and then created art out of it. And they, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Book of Kells. No. All right. Okay. There's another thing. Watch out for the fairies and then the Book of Kells, which is in Dublin. And it's, it's, called, it's what is considered a form of art called illuminated manuscript. Oh, and, okay. and they're just, the art is stunning. And because there's still this, this, this mythological, this, this pagan, this love of the land and the cairns and that, you can see it in the art, in these illuminated manuscripts. And another thing that, that distinguishes Ireland is that it wasn't contaminated. I shouldn't, yeah, I'm going to say it. It wasn't contaminated by Roman Christianity. It was a pure Christianity from Patrick that had no influence because really we'll call a spade a spade here. Rome, the Christianity in Rome, Rome took on Christianity. It's like, Hey, a new religion. That's great. They never actually got Christianity because it just Rome and its culture just morphed into Christianity. And so you've got this whole other, this whole other idea of what, about what Christ was talking about in terms of love and resurrection and, and forgiveness. And then you have Patrick or the Irish Christianity okay. which was not contaminated. It was that, that Patrick just com for, for the most part, just included all the story. They got along great. And so here are all these manuscripts. And then meanwhile, back at the Roman branch, it's falling. It's collapsing. Rome is collapsing. And so with Rome collapsing, there goes all, all the big cities. And so that's why Rome never got to Ireland. There is rumors that they got almost got there. But they never got to Ireland. So it wasn't right. subjugated by the Romans. Britain were. Gotcha, Ireland. gotcha. They didn't have Ireland. a stronghold in Ireland. No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't turn the Irish like they did to many other cultures. Gotcha. I see what into you're saying. A Roman city. Mm -hmm. It was built. It was Ireland. There's this little place way the hell out in the ocean, Atlantic Ocean, and <laughs> let's not go there. Say the Romans, because eh, you know they're crazy Celts, and you know they great warriors, but let's leave them alone. <laughs> So then uh, all these monks that went Christian, after the fall of Rome, we went into the Dark Ages because there was no language anymore, or rather um, uh, literature, because all those cities that Rome created, all their libraries were, were torn down and burned by the Goths, the, um, the Goths and the Germanic tribes that invaded Rome. You're getting a history lesson here too. Yeah, pay attention, people. <laughs> but it's it's worth noting because Ireland was set apart 
up until a point. And that's, that point became really evident when the Reformation or when, when Ireland started getting subjugated by, through their neighbor to the east, the, uh, the British. And the intermingling of the Irish and what happened to them, there was one invasion after another. And then when, the, when there was the, that invasion of taking away the rights of Ireland, that was the hardest part. And without going into a lot of story, uh, the penal laws, they made any other, they made Rome and what they did look like a birthday party. It was so you couldn't, you, did, you can't get educated, you can't learn, you mm -hmm. can't have your language, you can't own property, you can't buy property, you can't give away property, you can't have your own, you can't own anything, you can't do your language or your religion. So there was just a complete and total attempt to remove everything about who they were. And it didn't work. <laughs> and that's, again, the metaphor for, for what's occurring right now on the planet. We're being, so now we can kind of start shifting into the whole idea of the 3D structure is falling. The 3D structure of ed education, governments, the banking system, financial systems, uh, religions, every, all the structures that arose through the three-dimensional the three thinking, including like Rome and uh, all that, the, the baser elements of our humanity, greed, subjugation, uh, fear, that is a 3D structure. Mm, right. So if we're shifting out of it, so we're starting to step through the thin places to see what fifth dimension feels like. So as we start to shift into and step into fifth dimension, what would it feel like to not experience fear? What does that feel like? And just for a moment, you step through a thin place. This is what it would feel like. Oh. And when you say thin, you, is that like another version of a ley line when you say a thin place? Or well, like a thinning of the veil thin? Yeah, the thinning of the veil. Because like Watkins, that uh, geographer that, that saw all of a sudden when he's you know, going to the countryside, and all of a sudden he sees this vision of his ancestors, and then the line, he stepped through a thin place. Mm. A place that is, is, it is physical. It's not like an illusion of a, you know, a fairy fort. No, it's a physical experience mm. to step through. And this is what we're, be, we're just, one of the things that we're going to kind of circle back to is, is wh why it's so important and how, what, uh, um, America is a hinge of and for consciousness. So hinges, as you know, open and close doors. They're what open and, and keep the door and create an opening. So we're in the, in the process 
and in the middle of not just a hinge in history, but a hinge in universal consciousness with our awakening. So taking, taking that metaphor of Ireland and the, the cairns and the mythology and going to a place where there are no serpents and Plato actually described and talked about Ireland as being not, and they actually had a certain, certain words that, that were versions of Ireland, but he talked about this island and he gave parameters like distances and it's surrounded by rock, but it has a plateau. And that is what Ireland looks like. It's got all this rock around it, but in the, mm -hmm. in the middle is this place called, it's a plateau, and it's called the Boyne Valley. That's another place you're going to have to go to. That's where all the Karen, the big cairns are, like Newgrange. So and when you say cairn, is that like a cave? Yes. Okay. C-A-I-R-N. It's an Irish, uh, an Irish word. So it's like okay. that's where a lot of the big cairns are. The ones that everybody knows about. And then there's a whole bunch of them up in Ross Common, in nor um, a little bit more west and north. Uh, okay. So I'll look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. And now we have in one of my QHHT sessions, I had a woman, she was a scribe from another universe. And and you know what it's like when people actually become that energy, that person, that being. And she started talking about the, uh, the work of a scribe. And I was asking her all these questions. And then she said, uh, and then I asked her the question, have you ever done any scribing? So she uh, was a scribe for a galactic council. Okay? Oh, nice. Okay. So she's a scribe. So she writes down what galactic councils agree upon and their agreements and their treaties or their just the shape of what the Galactic Council wants that particular galaxy to go, she would write it down. And I asked her, have you had any, have you seen anything or heard anything about uh, what's going on here on Earth? And <laughs> she said, oh, we don't go to Earth. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Well, here. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her, do you, oh, we don't talk to Earth. <laughs> and I asked her, um, do you realize you're speaking through a human being, like an earthling, and uh, and you're talking to one, and she says, yes, but this is safe. So that's a, a shout out to uh, all the QHHT practitioners. They come to us because they know it's safe, and it's not like it, the room is safe. The energy is safe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. They, of course, you know, they're, they feel that. They come in, and that's, again, being able to feel that and know that. So she said, when I asked her, have you heard about what's going on on earth? And she says, yes, we have heard about it. So like, do scribes talk to each other? Uh, yes, they do. And I can't say anything about earth, but what I can tell you is earth will never be destroyed. Oh, no, there are too many seeds in earth. And then I said, seeds, do you mean like botanical and um, animal and she says yes but there are seeds from all over the universe in earth that's why we'll never as a planet be destroyed because there's too many too many it, earth is a safe place in terms of 
burying the seeds. And however that looks, I don't know what that would look like. Hmm. And so makes you wonder, makes you think maybe with maybe it's something like metaphysical, like like yet not a physical seed, but maybe an energetic seed as well, where you're experiencing certain things on earth and then you planting your energy seed into the earth to experience certain things or release certain things or even gather information for certain things and with the earth will never be destroyed which was said once before maybe that's what makes it a safe place like you know hey you know other times in the past we've just you know the mall deck was destroyed another planet was destroyed you hear about so it's like yeah though it wasn't that safe because in the long run those planets destroyed themselves so it that might be what they're kind of like talking about you know would you think or something similar well, yes many i've had a session where it was actually my son okay and, <laughs> and oh god the things he's that have happened for him but anyway he was his first he asked in the session can i like i'd like to go to my first earth life and so what came in was that he was a he ended up he ended up being a scout coming in from another planet that was part human like part um organic or carbon based and part ai mm. and he was coming in to find out because if earth was was compatible for everybody on the ship and because their planet was destroyed so those were seeds coming into the earth so that's why it's really important when we talk about activating the seeds as you were saying being with with nature uh, again i'll say particularly with with trees because it's more like the difference between shouting at somebody to give them information and sending it on the internet so when you sit with the tree and consciously activate codes you'll be given them because you're stepping into their thin their thin place mm. does that make sense yeah yeah and i always, and i wanted to mention to you about the tree i have an oak tree in my backyard so there's a big oak tree i don't think it's 400 years old but you could tell it's an old oak tree it's pretty big i mean it would be very hard for me to wrap my arms around it. that's how big it is yeah so that's pretty neat and we put hammocks back there next to the tree so when we relax, we're underneath the shade and we're very close to the tree. So the next time I'm back there, I'm going to have to tell uh, the wife and I to uh, have a conversation with this tree and see what it can share. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, actually oak trees in the Irish Druid custom is a sacred tree. So the oak tree is sacred to the Druid. Okay. And it's about, and it's, its job is, uh, its energy is protection and wisdom and knowledge. And yeah, when you see the tree, how they envelop you, the branches, you, you've got a great tree. To, so just communicate in whatever way is appropriate for you. Just sitting, sitting underneath it. I sometimes put my forehead up against it. Oki also mentioned that there are the energy, the water underground is becoming uh, activated. 
as well. I heard, I heard. Even Tracy says something about the water being activated as well. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, that's great to know. <laughs> like to, to have that that uh, confirmation and collaboration. Because um, mm -hmm. I'm just getting all sorts of and the first word from him was, I always ask, how is how is Mother Earth doing? Oh, by the way, Ireland, the the name Ireland is Earth, Mother Earth, the Mother. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> there's all sorts of uh, beautiful things that just as again metaphorically. But Oki said, Mother Earth is feeling jubilant. So uh, Oki uses words that you don't typically use in the English language anymore. He used the word mirth uh, with me a few months back. And you don't hear anybody saying, I'm feeling mirthful. <laughs> so did, uh, for the ascension process, did uh, Oki say anything, anything that's going on with the ascension process, the new earth, anything like that, other dimensions? Uh, essentially, yeah, pretty much everything I've said to you right now. The, mm -hmm. When we talk, one of the things that came up, <clears throat> when we talk about that, the sunblast, solar flare, it kind of came over me that the solar flare isn't the sun per se as our awakening, the shift from a carbon base to a crystalline base. When mm -hmm. our bodies shift, that burst of light. And again, when you using, if we're to use the idea of the birth or rather the death, the and then going underground and then the resurrection when we look at what occurred for christ it was there was this burst of light and then he ascended not that day but later on he mm -hmm. but very bright and ascended so our shifting is all, all is about our own consciousness more than anything else because our capacity to be open, our capacity for consciousness is expanding, not necessarily getting higher. It's more about our capacity to expand. Let me add to that. No coincidences. Fire away. <laughs> so on episode nine, which I have not published yet, so that's pretty cool. Episode nine, I interviewed Holly and the Council of Twelve started renaming some of our terms and then instead of us saying ascension they say they kind of don't like that term that we should be calling it the expanse mm -hmm. that we're expanding so yeah. so just to add more flavor to your conversation <laughs> <laughs> <Yeehaw. laughs> yeah that's that's um that is what's happening and it can't be stopped it can't be halted so all we can do is like get into the boat and get into the river because that's what's happening now. The, allowing the flow to take us into an expanded state of consciousness. And again, I'll go back to the metaphor of Ireland and then using the also the idea of the seeds being planted. Between 1820 and 1860, two million people left the shores of Ireland for mm -hmm. America. Two million seeds from Atlantis went to America. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So that's what's so 
beautifully divine about America. Somewhere, some ridiculous number, like between 30 and 40 percent of Americans can trace their lineage to Ireland. Again, back to the idea of the Irish, the whole culture of being Irish is, of course, there are thin places. Of course, there are fairies. Of course, the other world. With all those cairns accessing the Mother Earth and the, and the other world, how can that not shape you? Like that's their whole modus operandi as a, as, a, as a nation is that, is that whole metaphoric awakening. And if we can believe that it is Atlantis, then whoa, that might be, you know, exploring another podcast, whomever, but that's the thing to remind the people that, that are listening and I would imagine a, a majority of them would be American. Yes. And, and being able to see from a Canadian perspective, and we've got our own stuff to deal with, but remember, we <laughs> 10% of the Irish came to Canada. So, of course, yeah, you have some Irish pubs up there. <laughs> sure do. Um, nice ones. Actually, just last Sunday, I went to the cemetery where my great great grandfather is buried with my cousin who's from. Uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And so we got to see he came from County Kerry. And his story, it's so Irish. He was Protestant. His name was Talbot. And he fell in love with a Catholic girl. Her name was Johanna. They could not get married in Ireland because of the laws at that time. Oh, I didn't know that. No, they couldn't. I, well, the, the, the church became, the, the Catholic church did, the Christian church kind of went the way of Rome. And, and uh, so it got weird. Anyway, they took a boat to Maine. And then by Oxcart came up to Ontario. So when they got here, his family, the Talbots, were all Protestant. And they said, uh, you married a Catholic. We don't want to have anything to do with you. So what they ended up doing was the first one was baptized Catholic. The second was baptized Protestant. The third child was baptized Catholic. The fourth child was baptized Protestant. So it was like, this is the metaphor that we are as, as Irish. It's like within us, in our DNA, is that expansiveness, is the thin places. Of course there's thin places and discovering and exploring what that is. What is a thin place? How can I access that expanded state of consciousness? So then we come back to the good old new world order. All right, now it's getting interesting. <laughs> and, and, all, and all their shenanigans. <clears throat> Every structure that has emerged within the 3D dimension is going to have the makings of the fear and like you can call this the chakras like going from fear base to the uh expanded state of consciousness okay and, and so any structure 
that is built within the context of the 3D is going to be the same. So we're now shifting out of it. And in the shifting out of it, you've got people that are really attached to that greed, the buzz that get, they get out of fear, making people get, getting people fearful. Okay. The adrenaline, and there's other words that we can use, that aspect of adrenaline is what people who are completely and totally detached from the heart, and this is what an aspect, that whole going from the lower chakras of of survival and fear to the heart-based, when you're completely and totally detached from the heart, you don't care what happens. Now, like Daniel, I do a lot of work with dream work. Okay. And actually, when you, when you start exploring the thin places, that also includes dream time. And when you can go into dream time with consciousness and with intention, you can actually speak to souls on the other side, on that other, in that other world. It's just a thin veil. Correct. So you can speak to and, and take that energy of light into the astral. And so when we get down on the, these people that are completely and totally detached from love, I understand it because I had a dream where I saw and I, and I felt what it was like to be completely and totally detached from the heart, the energy of the heart. You don't care what happens. You don't care what you do to anybody. You are no longer connected to the heart. And so so you have this whole group of people that aren't that many anymore because dollars to donuts, they have starseeds being born into their families and they're going to have to start, they won't be able to finish the job because the energy has already reached a tipping point. It's already, we've already tipped. And I'm going to say it was back in February. Right? February of this year? Yeah. The, I could feel the energy shift. And it was like just standing, you know, doing stuff in my home and, then all of a sudden, I could feel the shift. Like, whoa. And then it's shifted. Oh, great. Far out. You can't go out and have a party out of it, but you just, you know. <laughs> and again, it something. Uh, yeah. And that's again with the, with the thin places. Um, that's something that I've been experiencing since I was little like on the farm with animals and just wandering around outside. And so again, the, the most effective and powerful way of accessing the thin places is with nature. And then um, at nighttime, just before you go to bed, when you're drifting off, setting intentions. And you can actually, and I would partially recommend that you really know, get a sense of what you're doing. You can actually take the energy of your light and affect 
uh, aspect, the, co the collective unconscious, the global, and even go as far as accessing those that are in that element of the new world order. Mm. Okay. To circle back when you was talking about the new world order and everything, how would you... Uh, you said you had a little bit more information. I guess it dealt with the history of the New World Order, if I am mistaken. Um, oh, that would be, that goes way back. You wanted to go into the history of it? A little bit. I don't know how long <laughs> is it. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> well, one of the, I, I guess one of the best ways to find out and get a really good shape of it is through David Icke. Okay. And his books. Which one? There's oh. multiple of them. Oh, gee, Willikers. Um, the one with the lion on it, or the ones I read were back in the night in the 1990s. Okay. So when he first started talking, it was like, well, yeah, I understood what he was talking about. So when you see a huge energy thrust to subjugate and dominate, and I'm going to now refer refer back to Ireland. And the subjugation and domination of Ireland over the course of 700 years to the point of genocide, that the famine was not just a crop failure. The famine could have been stopped, but all the Irish had their, because, because the penal laws, they had their lands taken from them. They could not own property. So the penal laws are, were just horrible. And so all they had available to them was the potato. They couldn't keep their own, the food that they were producing was being shipped to Britain. And the food that they were producing, they couldn't eat themselves. And so there was a potato blight in the 18, early 1840s, like a, like a fungus. Right. And, and the crops started to fail. Now, that same potato blight was taking place in countries in Europe, and their, their government stopped export. Ireland didn't. Ireland couldn't. They couldn't keep their food. They, trade was not to be disrupted. So, oh, a, million, interesting. Yeah, a million people just kind of disappeared. They died of hunger. And wow. if they, could, they couldn't pay the rent, their homes were taken from them. So, there is an energy that would do that to a whole nation of people. And there was also the element of that Ireland, because it is so mythical, mystical, thin places, cairns everywhere, going into the underworld, going into the other world, it's like trying to kill off the innocent, trying to kill off the light. Gotcha, okay. There was one element of it like breeding out the Irish. So lots of British came over, but it never happened because 2 million of them landed on your shores. That's the 2 million that you was talking about that went to America. Yeah. Okay. You are the, you are the seeds of that. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you are the seeds of that divine metaphor. Okay. Interesting. Own it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that is such a, you have such a powerful place to stand as people who can access the thin places and cause shifts and changes through and to and within the other world. 
So me planning my trip to Ireland is a lot beneficial than what I could even imagine from what it sounds like. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Going, and, mm -hmm. like, I was going to say, and then another thing I wanted to add. So it sounds like the reason why Ireland is so special, mystical, is that a lot of stuff was untouched from what it sounds like, you know, because the Roman Empire didn't get in too involved with it. And then it sounded like when you just mentioned the British Empire as well, they tried to send their people over there, but it did not work to their plans. So it sounds like the uniqueness, the energy there didn't get contaminated. Because like you were saying, the New World Order has that 3D effect of where based on fear and going off of episode nine with uh, Holly, a lot of stuff that is fear-based, whether it's our money system, our employment, our work history, our schooling, a lot of that stuff is based off of a fear factor. And a lot of that stuff is the stuff that needs to crumble and go away because it was the foundation is not proper. It's not correct. And if you don't have a good foundation, it needs to go or it needs to be changed and from what it sounds like what you're saying that for us to expand it seems like that foundation needs to go away or change well it's it's the foundations within you and within me because we came into when we chose to come into this human gig we, <laughs> we came knowing that with all those properties that we were being born into this and this is where all the dolores cannon books all make sense is when when you discover that when you came in to be a human to, to cause a shift in the consciousness of, of Earth shifting into 5D dimension, like the fifth, a five dimension, we're shifting out of, there's nothing inherently wrong in 3D. It's just a dimension. And it has all these things, all these components of a particular structure. And now that we're shifting, all those structures are falling apart. And there's no other way, that, no way out, no way out of it. It's going, they're all going, they're falling apart. And we're, we're like, here's the great little Irishism, gobsmacked. <laughs> seeing nice. all this stuff from day to day. Just, you know, the, the past few days, what's happening in, uh, in the Netherlands. And what happened yes. here yes. in Canada with the, the truckers' convoy? Yes, yes. And for Holland, I'm assuming you're talking about the tractors' convoy with the farmers? Yes, yes, with the farmers. Because that's all WEF. That's their, they're wanting to subjugate. We only, like, we only have to look at history, the history of 3D, to see that it's happening now. The jewel in how, or the catalyst, for, it, for so many people was those two years where we couldn't do a darn thing except wonder why and ask questions and start accessing thin places and getting answers. And the moment you start asking questions, the information starts to come. But up until then, most people weren't asking questions. It's like, la, 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 just carrying on. And right, right. It's like, what can I do? That's yeah. politics. Even yeah. even Louisiana politics, it's like, oh, you know, 
it's been going on forever but the last 20 years it's, it's become like even a joke even in certain cities it's that whole political joke of corruption and so on that yeah. it's to be expected you know it's like how how corrupt is this one going to be like what corruption is going to come out later on you know that's sad but true but that's kind of like the joke of it as well and that's what we're seeing we're seeing 3d for for the first time in our lives mm -hmm. like i'm going to say for the first time in say maybe fifty thousand years there were masters that came in and said hey you guys you're god remember you're children of the light right okay let's make a religion out of that <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> now, and then what would a 3d structure do with with that information with that light turn it into the Roman Empire morphed into, or you know, whatever you want to call it. So it wouldn't, it almost wouldn't matter what we did while the 3D structure was intact. It wouldn't really matter what we did. Okay. Until Dolores Cannon spoke in her book about the, that there was a call out to the universe for Earth needs help. Who wants to go? And you put up your hand, <laughs> and I put up my hand, <clears throat> and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so now we get to talk about what I've learned in the last, you know, 65 odd years about accessing sin uh, places, working on the astral, speaking. You can actually speak to politicians on the astral. I've done that. Oh. Wild wild trip that was so these are the things that you that what can the simple little individual do lots energetically the questions what what can someone do <laughs> that's so one that, of the questions i used to be a political lobbyist that was oh. one of my, my incarnations in this lifetime and access finding out what you can do is first the saying to yourself i like Daniel said, I'm here to be of service. Declaring, I am here to be of service. Daniel Doctorian or Daniel that we did the episode on? The one that, yeah. Episode the, seven? Rexton. What's his name, Reskins? Yes. Yes. Okay, so episode seven, Daniel. Yes, these are the things, the beginnings of what can I do? First of all, acknowledge that you, or declare that you're here to be of service. And then, all right, I need to check in with Earth because she's the one that's doing the ascending. Like she's the one that, that's shifting, not just me and my little house here in Oakville. No, it's the Earth is shifting and we are in the Earth. That's what the, you know, it's the Cairns, the Cairns take you down into the Earth, into the other world, being with a tree. The oak tree is the powerful symbol of uh, strength and mm. protection. And so being with nature, it could be with an animal. Start developing your capacity to be telepathic. With You ask any dog or cat owner whether they talk to their animals, and they'll say, yeah, of course I do. Absolutely. No <laughs> Absolutely. That's, you've, you've broached the thin place. It's, it's a form of communication. So broach the thin place when you're sitting on earth, on the ground, 
with, with trees. And then the, the next two um, thin places that you can make a difference and access is dream time. Because your soul doesn't just sit there drumming its fingers while you're, you're sleeping. No, it's off, you know, getting stuff done. So this is where you ask, may I, may I, I am being protected and I am, I want to be of service on the astral. I want to be of service um, in the collective unconscious. And so the thin places in dream time are just before you go to sleep, like in the theta, you're just drifting off and first thing in the morning. When we talk, well, I don't remember my dreams. You can, you just start saying, I will remember my dreams. You have to teach your brain to remember them. But when you yeah. lay there <laughs> with your eyes closed, keep your eyes closed and just listen. And for the first little while, it'll be like, listen to what? Listen to the information. Now it's getting speeded up because of what's happening in the light codes and all of that. It's getting accelerated. So I'm going to say it shouldn't be that, it's not going to be that difficult to start getting information when you first start, when you first awaken. And mm. the information can now come through because you're still in that state of place. You're still in the other world. When you come out of dream, you're coming out of the other world back to this one. Now you can also state questions that you want questions and answers to. Okay. So, so this will help an individual to remember their dreams and also to get that information of what they can do to help with, whether it's the shift, the ascension, their mission, their life questions and everything. So th this is a way for them to help out. One of them is it's like listening for the guidance. Okay. We need to, to shift also. Mm -hmm. we, we are expanding also. So taking care of ourselves and bringing consciousness to ourselves. So never doubt for a moment the impact of just sitting on the ground with your hands on the ground and directing energy into the earth. That is so powerful. It's mm, not, that it's sounds not, powerful. <laughs> it's not a 3D form of making a difference anymore. This is a, this is a fifth dimensional making a difference. It's not 3, 3D isn't brass bands and standing up on a platform and, and being a politician. No, we're all seeing how that's working. <laughs> Seems like they're having a hard time with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you, we're, it's collapsing in, in, your, in your country, in my country. Perfect. So with that being said, do you, I know in Dolores Cannon's book, it mentioned that the first system that needs to fall is the political system. Do, uh, do you have a sense for that as well? Or do you think it's something else? Um, well, politics is the thing about what Dolores wrote about was that she wrote it pre that time, the lockdown. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know if she really knew how how fast and furious this was going to come. Right. 
And so <clears throat> the political system is connected to the media system. You can't have politics without media telling you how to vote. And then your healthcare system, and you've got the healthcare system funding the media that's funding the, the, uh, uh, the, the politicians. And then you have, so it's all like this. Um, like an octopus, huh? I don't, kind of. So the tentacles everywhere. Yeah, yeah but, but now we see it. The first thing is acknowledging that you can see it, acknowledging that that you have access to be able to make a conscious difference from the 3D, from the 5D, but we still have a bit of a foot in the 3D. Mm -hmm. So we've got a, a huge opportunity and job or mission or being of service to fulfill. And again, I just want to keep bringing it back to you guys in the state. There's such a beautiful opportunity because of the nature of who everybody that wanted to have a better life, by and large, came to the U.S. That unto itself is a powerful energy. It is an energy. It's an energy of, new, of birth, new beginnings. Mm -hmm. And because you have weathered as a people, you as a nation, you have weathered some pretty extraordinary uh, circumstances. I can I can feel and sense that you're that you're going to come out of this in a most glorious way, and that's where the underestimate the power of the individual. If ever if just sitting on the ground again. We're not right. doing 3D methods. That's crumbling. We're accessing who I am in 5D. And I just laid out a few things that one can do. Don't try to do 5D from a 3, 3D place. It can't be mm -hmm. done. Right. Which leads me to this question. You mentioned that the earth is shifting. If you could tell everybody, that would not know, but why is the earth shifting? Well, we're part of a galaxy. Okay. We're part of a, we're part of a universe. We're not the only, we're not the only kids on the block. Right. There's right. astronomers and astrologers and, and people that check out other planets. There's lots going on in our own little galaxy. That's, that's, that's happening. When we talk about the sunburst, um, that's our, our own galaxy is shifting and changing just just by virtue of feeling that i don't know of anybody that hasn't experienced a feeling about time and it just feels like we just had christmas and it's already <laughs> oh yeah it seems like we're already in july <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just and this i've used this um mentioned this to people who've completely and totally are so totally not even into this this realm of what we're discussing now, it feels like, yeah, time has just gone weird. So everybody is feeling that time is gone weird <laughs> or the Schumann resonance. That's Earth. We're the only species that measures something that can't be measured, which is right. time. 
So we've been what told. we're sorry. We've been told. <laughs> yeah. And and we've all experiences where we've had um, moments in time. That's one of the things about Ireland also have mythological place called Tirnano. You may have heard of it. The land out of time where the fairy folk take you. And you've heard like, was it Rumpelstiltskin? Where you, he went to sleep for 300 years. That's, that Tirnanog is that place where there is no time. And it's where uh, the land of youth. So if you go to Tirnanog and then come back out again, you're going to be 300, you'll age in minutes. Oh, so that, wow. that's a mythological, that's what they say it is anyway. Right, about right. time. It's physical, but not in a 3D sense, physical. No. no. It, you have got to be to... Uh, brought there by special energy, special interest. Yes, the fairies. The fairies. And that's, that's Tirnano. So all these metaphors of out of time. I am not in the same, I'm shifted out of time. The first, one of the first times I ever experienced it was laying on the couch in the theta state. And all of a sudden I started hearing noises in the kitchen. And it was like somebody was slamming cupboards and paper bags were being rattled. And I heard a male voice and I heard a, a female voice. And I thought at first I was, you know, a little ticked off. Who's in my kitchen? And then I'm realizing, oh no, I'm not. There's something's going on here. I'm having, what is that? Uh, sleep paralysis, but I wasn't asleep. I was in two places at the same time. I was, so the voices I heard was my, was a friend of mine. And so I thought when I came out of it, I'm going to give her a call. And I called her up and I said, uh, were you in the kitchen a few minutes ago? And she said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, was that you opening and closing cupboard doors? Yeah. And putting away, were you putting away groceries? Yeah. Who were you talking to? Who was the male voice that you were talking to? That was David. And why do you know that? I said, oh, I was just doing a little bit of going through thin places. I promise I won't check out, check you out in the bathroom. When you give yourself permission, first of all, know that that exists. That's just the veil between the three and the 5D. And this is when we talk about how can I make a difference? Start experimenting with and exploring. What is it to be in three? What is it for me to be in 5D? What would that be like? And you just have to ask. And light beings will say, great, glad you asked. We'll show you. This, I promise, just ask. What's it like to be in 5D? What's it like to not have an experience of fear? What would it be like living with an absence of fear altogether? Just ask. Interesting. So the next part would be the circle back. You mentioned the sunburst. Would that be considered how some people say a wave of light? I know you mentioned it's a sunburst and it sounded like it's something within us, but that would from Oki, you could say, was yeah. that was that the wave of light that he was trying to explain, or you think that's something else? There is going because we're shifting in my 3D. I can I pop in and out into what's 5D and what's 3D. Okay. So that light 
is within you. That was one of the things that Christ had said. You are children of the light. When we, what was it? Uh, it was this, the light codes. Um, <laughs> we're getting this information and Oki was saying that to act, to help activate the light codes, sit with us and we will help you integrate the light codes. Kind of reminds me of that movie Avatar. Uh-huh. <laughs> reminds me of that. What is, like, say a little bit more about that. Uh, it's a movie that came out, so you had these, it's all on, on another planet, and it had this yep. big live tree, and the local population okay. is very connected to nature, and, and when they communicate and sit down and have their sessions of, of music fun and so on it's by the tree and then just mentioning the roots it's all connected and then they kind of connect with the tree mm -hmm. so when you was talking about sit with us it reminded me of the movie because they were sitting yeah. very close to the tree and the roots are so large that it just expands and goes out and it connects to everything even the moss so very interesting. So do you familiar with that movie? Because if not, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, I've seen it. And I, I remember when I saw the tree, like the metaphor, the tree of life, that is what is happening now. So sit with the trees and let them know, like give them information. Like I love you. Now here, like instead of, you know, doing with your cell phone, communicate hands on the tree or on the ground and send messages to the rest of the planet. Mm -hmm. No, we have no idea how powerful we are. We've been programmed, Jason, from the moment we are born, we've been programmed that we're nothing. And that new world order wants to make sure we stay there. Right, stay inside your box. <laughs> yeah, stay stupid, stay hypnotized, stay unhealthy, take another drug. Oh, here's a good one for you. I worked in massage in the, in the spa industry, and I had the opportunity to giving massages uh, to people in the pharmaceutical industry. And it is, it is an unwritten code. We have people on drugs from cradle to grave. There's nothing to do. And you and I know that, and any, all the healers that are listening, drugs don't heal. They mask symptoms. They treat. Doctors have told me that. We can just treat symptoms. The healing occurs also in, just sit with us. We'll show you the way. Yeah, we'll assist you in the, uh, with the codes. And then <laughs> I remember one night asking, uh, well, when I was receiving, like a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, have been receiving codes at nighttime. Again, uh, it's in that nighttime other world place that we receive, I would say, 95% of our information and our guidance is in that sleep state. I believe it. <laughs> and so uh, I asked, uh, well, what are the codes? And we can't tell you because, what did they say? If you, if you knew what the codes were, they wouldn't be codes anymore. So it's all this new information that's coming in. So when they say light codes, it really is a code. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. It, it's stuff that, that, that the 3D 
doesn't experience. This is what's coming in for five, uh, a, a fifth dimensional experience. Mm, Mateus De Stefanos, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's got a series on Gaia. And he explains a lot of what, what these different dimensions are and what they, what they feel like and what they, what they do. But again, when being in a 3D structure, you can only get 3D. You can't go to a, an Italian restaurant and expect to get, you know, Middle Eastern food. Hmm, I see what you're saying. You're going, you, you, you can't expect to get 5D from being 3D. It's like a distinct expansiveness. And again, the metaphor back to the thin places is asking and the information's coming through and patience because it doesn't come through in a 3D way. Like on your, like the entertainment industry. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like these light codes, you could say that this is something that we need for later on possibly. Like it's a code, it's for us, it's downloaded. But no. not that we need it right now, but yeah, now, could... now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's why now. they're coming in now. Okay. And then is this for the crystalline body as well? Or is that something? I think so. Oh. Yeah, I think so. Because tell me if you've experienced this. Are you, do you know the shivers that you get when you get a truth feeling when something is being acknowledged and you, your body gets a little the shiver? Or something is like the buzz? A coincidence and it's it's like oh something's kind of like lining up or yeah 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 every now and then mm -hmm. and you get a buzz and it's just like your whole body starts to buzz that's being in a thin place that's mm -hmm. a, that's your body letting you know that you are um step like stepping into uh another experience now it has the shifting has to take there's still like a 3D structure that we have, like you're sitting on a 3D structure right now called a chair. Yep. Yeah, good old chair. Yeah, and it's working. But the major structures that are coming down, we need to be continually preparing, aware and present in our bodies and listening to our bodies. Uh, first thing in the morning is also a good time to just kind of go through the body because that's like a barometer for what's occurring mm -hmm. and like it's your barometer for what's around you like you can feel a gut feeling or you could feel the the buzz or you feel something like gee that's not right listening to the body it's it's your barometer for what's going on around you so the more you cultivate that like the like training the body, like you would if you're going to work out for a marathon. You don't just jump into the, you know, and do the marathon. No, you have to get the body in tune. Right. Yeah. You got to get it ready, train. Yeah. And that's, there's, things will start kind of happening hand in hand. You'll, you'll find foods dropping away that you don't want to eat anymore. This is um, true. You'll start wanting to drink more water. Uh, these are just kind of like little 
mm, little flags. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's shifting. And then the body letting you know what's happening. I would love to get your opinion about this. And I like to hear your response as well. The Great Reset, you hear about the World Economic Forum and so on. In your opinion, because something sounds similar to the New Earth as well, some of the things that they say, but do you think the Great Reset is more for the New World Order? Or do you find it that it's more towards the New Earth when you talk about the Great Reset? That's where you listen to your body. Your body will tell you. When you hear somebody say something to you and you go, gee, there's something off about that. Mm-hmm. Listen to that. The more you can develop your own attunement to what's going on out there. Um, and that's becoming like you're fine-tuning your, your own energy. So the new world order, the great reset that you can you can if you watch the way history has played out, you're watching, think of the most arrogant, corrupt, controlling, dominating, subjugating leaders in the past. You don't have to name them, but, but, but some immediately come to mind. <laughs> and that's what you see that's happening right now. The only difference is we can see it. Mm-hmm. Like when you see a country say, we didn't know they were doing it to those people. Right. We had no idea. And I'm going to say, to a large degree, they probably didn't. Or maybe, uh, I didn't want to know. That's the hardest part. In the, For those that are awakening, like expanding and awakening and going, whoa, what's going on here? Is that, this is something my son Matthew had said, that guilt will start arising in people noticing why didn't i see what was why didn't i see that before so it's our attuning to people around us it's okay it doesn't matter that you didn't see it before very few of us did so come on over here start attuning being able to listen so that you can tell somebody else connect with the earth ask for the codes more light please the New World Order and the Great Reset. Yeah, it's like these. I, all I see is like these crazy like little animals yeah. running around trying to do something. And the more, <clears throat> remember that line in uh, Star Wars, the Princess Leia says to Darth Vader, I love this line. The more you tighten your grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Oh. And that's what's happening now. That, the people are becoming more and more conscious because I like to call it the cosmic two by four. People are getting, wait a second, did that just come out of his mouth? That yeah, yeah. You're part of the oh god, some of the things that are coming out of our prime minister's mouth is like what? Oh really? I thought you was talking about somebody else, but yeah. Yeah, well. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And yes. I, it reminds me of a, a section in Dol Dolores Cannon's book where it was two things it reminds me of. It said that it'll be very hard for them to lie. And it, when they say stuff like that, that comes out their mouth, it's like, was that something that made them hard to lie and it accidentally came out their mouth? And then another thing is, it's like you mentioned uh, 
the person that you deal with on your side in Canada, that it, another thing was said that it would be very hard for them to walk down the street in yeah. public. And yeah. then I think recently in the news, uh, he was walking down the street in Canada and they were booing him and calling him certain names because they, like you're saying, everything's being revealed. Everything's coming to light. Yes. And that's people being aware. And that's people attuning. And he was elected originally with a landslide. Like, just like everybody, oh, people didn't, you know, you got a funny feeling like, wow, he seems fake. There's something inauthentic about him. But that was my thinking. There's some, this is back in 2015. Uh, he seems inauthentic, but he's got a great group of people around him. They'll keep him in line. Well, he fired most of the people he had around him. Hmm. Anyway, that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's happening on all countries. And that's mm -hmm. what's happening in Britain and happening in, in, in France, too. In, in France, the Netherlands, Sri Lanka. Good God. So, have you seen what's been happening in Sri Lanka? I heard some of their votes, they changed some of their votes around for who they voted for. It was a massive, this is a little island off the coast of India. It, uh, there were tens of thousands of people that just swarmed their capital. And now they're, they're, their leader's gone. They're kind of, in a, in a way, a little bit rudderless. They don't have 3D and maybe they don't have 5D. So they're, they're but that's how when things crumble when they collapse that's what it looks like you check that out because that that's a visual do. yeah Will do. so here's a new question i added to the last three interviews i would love to get your opinion about it as well so they got this whole metaverse coming out what are your thoughts with this whole metaverse Kind of reminds me of a video that came out from Allison Co. where they said they wanted us to become more 2D. And this video came out years ago before the whole metaverse thing happened. What are your thoughts of like why they're pushing this metaverse thing? Like it's the latest and greatest thing. What are your, what are your thoughts on it? So first of all, it's a three. It's coming from within a 3D structure because it's designed to have you be fearful. That's your first red flag. So the more fear you feed into that, the more that, that, the more that timeline can take place. So yes, they're, gonna, they're pulling out all the stops. That energy that wants to hold on to, and I, you wonder, yeah, there's a lot of goodies in keeping people unconscious and fearful. And so everything that comes out and you experience it as being, oh my God, they're all going to turn us into uh, 2D robots or can't think if you feel fearful check into your body this is the most important thing we can do for ourselves as beings of light is to keep letting go of like that's that's a fear-based i am choosing another path so can they do that can, can there might be like dolores talked about a whole other if you want to continue on a 3D reality, you know, fill your boots. But what we're doing here is shifting into 
an, uh, a state of being that does not include fear. So again, checking in with the body, if you feel fear, they, that old mentality, that old structure is, you know, got you hooked. <laughs> so it's, right. it's not about whether it's going to happen or not. It's what do you choose? So expanding your consciousness. Don't get caught up in that. It's just a, well, I'll go on another longer limb. It's just an illusion designed to keep you in a fear-based body. Let's keep hanging out with those trees, Jason. <laughs> so it sounds like, just to be clear, Dad, it sounds like it's more of a, a fear factor or a fear based thing even though there could be some good that comes out of it some positivity that comes from it but in a way like like you just said connect with the tree it keeps you away from mother earth nature and it keeps yeah. you yeah. plugged into this alternate reality yes the more that and the, i the point of the whole uh, thought uh process right now is that when you connect when you are attuned to yourself, your own light, you're not even interested in that stuff anymore. It doesn't even. Correct. I have no, no interest in it. Yeah. You just don't, you don't, you're not interested in it. It's like, yeah. Do you want to take up tap dancing lessons tomorrow? No. Well, maybe you do, but. <laughs> Never crossed my mind. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't even cross your mind. Connecting being present, you're the light, hang out with the trees, or whatever. If, if it's just simply sitting on a park bench and listening, it's cultivating your capacity, cultivating that energy of you, of yours, to access the thin places. So with that being said, there wasn't you didn't have any other information that dealt with Atlantis part, whether it was from your sessions or anything like that. Oh, one of the things in that, uh, the scribe, I asked the question, how can we amplify our intention? And he said, clear courts. Mm. So you've got a really great, great deposit of clear courts in Arkansas. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, I use a lot of those. Have you got one? Right here. Oh, I'll show you mine. That's <laughs> the bottom part. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. It's, it's, uh, and this one I ordered from a crystal mine, and I thought this one was pretty cool because it has little crystals. So there's one. Yeah. And there's two sticking out. So it's a pretty clear crystal. Yeah. And it looks like an ice cube. It's so mm -hmm. like watery. Yeah. So this is one of my favorites because it has the two poking out. Do you know what the um the uh, meta do you know what the spiritual energy is of them and their intention? To clear out energy? Well, it's also to anchor in new energy. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted to, you know, using that in unique circumstances, anchoring in 
the new energy that's coming in. So those crystals that you have in your room right now are going to be receiving all this energy that's coming from all these people that you're interviewing. Now, there's a crystal that you may want to take to the tree. Yeah, I'll, and, I'll do it. I'm going to go to the after, backyard with it. <laughs> but just sit there for. with it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, if you speak to Earth like you speak, with, if you speak to Earth with the love that you speak to your wife and your kids and the love that you have for them, speak to Earth that way too. Just put mm. your hands there. It's no different. Interest. Yeah, I bought these crystals in bulk for uh, a project that I was working on, the crystal energy bed. And I was working on that, deals with Atlantis. So when I bought all these crystals, that was one of them. And then we're already in Arkansas and they had a, a yard full of them. And all you had to do is just go in the front yard and pick whatever crystals you wanted. And we came back with a bunch of them and it was very cheap you know these the crystal i just showed you this one was more expensive the clear one but when i bought when i was buying them in bulk i was like oh this one's cool i like this one i just kept it you know and i yeah. said i'm gonna save this one in my office <laughs> did the scribe say anything else about the crystals in arkansas um well she didn't she didn't say arkansas crystals because remember she both scribes don't come to earth Right, true. Okay. There was, was this funny little feeling of like, oh no, we don't come to Earth. <laughs> okay. Anyway, no, she said using the clear quartz crystal. Now I use mine in when I go into dream time. I put it on my forehead, and mm. then I set, set my intention, and that anchors in. Also, you can use Lemurian crystal. Okay. What was that? Just to be clear. It's, it's well, Lemuria and Atlantis, they were all kind of connected. Yeah, yeah, connected. And the oh, this, Lemurian crystals have these striations all the way, like they, let's say, for example, it's this tall. And then there's these little striations, horizontal striations. So is this still clear quartz? Is it still yes. quartz crystal? Okay. Yes. It's okay. clear quartz and it has the striations. And I remember explaining it to somebody. What are those lines? And I said, well, it's like a barcode. Ah. Like, so it's like Akashic information. Uh-huh. That's what Lemurian crystals are for. It's like accessing Akashic information. And, and I just said, yeah, it's like a barcode that you see on, you know, a box of cereal or something. It's information that gets scanned. And you have this information that you're scanning through your third eye. And asking, always ask, and just for ask for information. Okay, yeah. what would I like to learn about now? So you, Jason, that's something that that I would love to hear from in future. The questions that you're asking about Atlantis. Have you ever done a session on um, your Atlantean lifetime? No, I have not. But someone said they saw me there. They're like, oh, I see Jason and he has crystals and he knows how to activate them. It was a cool session. They sent me a copy of it and she started laughing. She goes, but he doesn't remember, but he will one day. And she okay. started laughing a little bit. I was like, 
and he, he knows how to activate it. We need to talk to him about it. And I was like, Sarah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do not know. So that's the one I, I interviewed in episode three, Sarah Brisman Cosme. She's the one that had her session. But for me, I had, when I had my session for QHHT, uh, one session was felt like uh, the Wild Wild West, like Clint Eastwood type. Yeah. That was one. And then the other one looked like it went back to colonial times, like maybe where it was like the British Empire, possibly. You know, I remember seeing red coats and stuff like that, like the colonial times. So that's what it felt like. And then something happened and I got pulled out. And then that was kind of it. Yeah. But one day I will have to explore it to find okay. out. Now, because you're so interested, that's where I say this, when you listen to your barometer, there's something they're, they're wanting to give you the information. And every time you say, well, I'll get around to it someday. Now, and you can access that again in dream time and they can actually take you there. You may not remember all of what they show you, mm. but you'll wake up with it. And that's when the downloads occur. Now, I did ask multiple times, like, hey, you know, show me a lifetime in Atlantis in my dreams. But I would take your advice as well. Your advice of I will remember my dreams saying yes. that as well. Yeah. So that maybe that was a key part of it. Yeah. Because there's like, we just showed you, buddy. You don't remember it? Because I'll wake up. I was like, oh, nothing happened. I don't remember anything. And then. <laughs> continue on my day and they're like oh we just showed them all that stuff <laughs> yeah here's what you do like at night time when you drift off to sleep your brain waves slow down that's like theta then delta delta's being deep sleep the left brain the logical linear rational that that kind of goes offline and but the right brain which has the images and metaphors and visuals and creative aspect of your brain is in the right brain. When you wake up in the morning, remember just a little snippet and then repeat it because now you have to take it from the right brain into the left brain long-term memory. You're, you're just switch, taking it from one to, to long-term memory, like trying to remember a poem. You don't read it once and then you memor you've memorized it. Of course not. You have mm -hmm. to train, you got to train your brain to remember. So throughout the day, I will remember I will remember my dreams clearly and succinctly upon awakening because upon awakening to be at three o'clock in the morning and you've been given a dream and you wake up and it's like, Whoa, what's going on here? I'm getting, you can get downloads in the middle of the night. Remember, I will remember my dreams upon awakening. Right. And then when you wake up, re replay it. Like replay, you ever seen a movie? once and then go back to see it again and go i don't remember this movie at all the reason why i bring up atlantis is especially for this series because i see similarities whether it's from dolores cannon's book edgar casey's book and even sarah's new book i see similarities of stuff that happened during the days of atlantis that is happening now and that's why i was bringing that up so that's why i was wondering if there was any information that has ever came across in any of your sessions about that but uh, yeah there was just 
it was a session where a woman was wanting to get information because things were collapsing in Atlanta, in the Atlantean structures were, were she says somebody's done something and I got to get this information and she was running across a bridge trying to get this information to somebody and didn't make it mm. so that's one of the things that you, you may want to be aware of that maybe that lifetime wasn't all chocolates and roses no from what I understand no there's a a dark past, a dark history to it. So it's kind of like very similar to our times where there's a lot of good things that are happening right now. Yes. But on the flip side, there's some evil things going on as well. But even during the times of Atlantis, they were doing even a little bit more evil things Mm -hmm. during those last days of Atlantis. But you did mention the Druids. Was there any more information about the Druids? I heard about it. I don't know much about them. I know a little bit. Was there anything else you wanted to add about the Druids? They were held in great esteem. They were like the lawyers. They were the they were the healers. They were the judge. They were uh, they were the leaders. They were the shamans. They were like the whole package of spirituality and justice. And gotcha. that's the position that they held in their in their communities, and in not just Ireland but other countries as well. And it was primarily a Celtic, a Celtic uh, form of leadership. Okay. Druids. <clears throat> and the Druids, wh- wh- where were they more focused at? Were, were they more focused in Ireland or the whole region? I'd say Ireland is where they became, again, we come back to that metaphor of Ireland having like uh, the concentration of so many things that have occurred, like Greek mythology, Roman mm-hmm. mythology, um, and then what we have with our own, the reset and the world, the WEF and, uh, and then of course Atlantis and thin places. It's like condensed form of, yeah, that's a good word, a condensed form of humanity and mm. the history of humanity. So if we want to see what's happening on the planet. We can see what's happened to, to Ireland, particularly gruesome in some portions of Irish history. So but again, I want to return to you, Jason, being awakening that. And there may be a shadow that for you to see for yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. My my brother, uh, I guess he had to face some of his shadows. So and he called me up about some of his stuff. So I'm pretty sure there's when you say shadows, I guess that would be some sort of awakening. When you mean yeah, things that we have to see about ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, going into that cairn and into the darkness, like the dark night of the soul and go finding out, oh, <laughs> yeah, because when you clear it for yourself, you clear it for humanity. Yeah. Talking to Daniel, it was part of the bonus footage as well, but this dealt with, you know, something that happened when I was a younger child, you know, when they were talking about the secret space program, you know, I was just there for support, just there to see you know, Suzanne speak and, and then uh, Mark as well. And then it was kind of like, there was always something that happened, a process that I was always just was like, that was just kind of weird. That was just off. It doesn't seem right. You know, always questioned it. And then when I went to the secret space conference, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that, the secret space program. Mm-hmm. So, well, journey to the truth, 
put on this event. So when I went to it, then when Tony Rodriguez gave his speech and at the close to the end of it, he said that when the doctor said, tell me about your dreams, like right away. And Tony was like, I, you want to know about my dreams? And then once when he said that, I was like, hmm, I was like, oh, I got some thinking to do because there was a, a speech therapy teacher that that I went for for years and we only talked for like, you know, we did our sessions for only a few weeks. And then after that, I still was able to see her, but she let me do whatever I want. Draw, talk about my dreams, talk about this. What, you know, she never really questioned anything. She, and I always thought that was just very odd. I can understand like this was an exercise where she'll say, tell me about your dreams. And then she'll say, oh, pronounce that differently. Or are you saying that wrong? But that never happened. So then I always thought that was strange. And I'm like, maybe that's one of the things to explore. Maybe it's like you were saying, like maybe it's one of those shadow things to look into. And, you know, I didn't tell Daniel at the time, but I was like, I didn't want to, I still probably won't say it now, but I remember how she looks and I don't want to say what she reminded me of because then everybody would be like that's it that's it that's exactly what happened so one day I will have to explore that and that's probably my cave Terran thing shadow <laughs> some shadow work maybe because hearing those people speak about their stories and everything it was not pretty you know it was pretty cruel and deep and brutal you know so I'm like and I, I don't recall any of that stuff but I always thought that was interesting why I was the only one that saw this lady and why we talked about dreams and she'll just write it down she just would write it down and I'm like never thought nothing of it for a long long time and just always thought it was weird that's one of the shadow things I'm assuming to work out. And I told Tracy about it. And then Tracy said something like, yeah, you thought you was all here for, for, you know, laughs and giggles and having a good time. She's like, yeah, you, you, you got a bigger story than what you think. And I was like, possibly, maybe. So. The, if I may say that I just been listening to you, the courage that you have just doing what you're doing and now the courage that it's going to take and what courage is is, is heart mm, true be willing to explore that and that's where you ask for help and sure. say help, yes, help me go through explore this and see the truth about it with love and light and then go into dream and let let uh, this is how how i you know i talk to god <laughs> this great line in order for an irishman to meet his equal he's forced to talk to god i thought that was so that was a line in braveheart in order for an irishman to 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 be with his equal <laughs> he's forced to talk to god 
So oh, I like it. I never knew that was. It's been a while since I watched that movie, but oh, that, of course, I can, just remember the main line. <laughs> that that one line says it all about about Ireland. But then, but here we are back to choosing to like to open up a relationship with the divine, the God that you are, the light in you. And it's, it's like lifting, like in one of the gospels that said, who would, who would shine their light and put a basket over it? So Luke chapter 11, lift your, the basket off your light. And so this shadow to consider for yourself is a conscious lifting the basket off your light and trans, it's transforming yourself, mm. but asking for help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was there anything about Ireland that you wanted to talk about that we did not talk about? I know we're almost running out of time, but yeah. but is there anything else you wanted to add for this particular video that you think would be useful that deals with Ireland by any chance? So do we, and then if we do need to have a follow-up video, then so be it. Just let me know. I think that the most the most uh, the most important thing out of Ireland, like you know, every country kind of has its its identity like the united states is the land of the home the, and the free and the brave and okay and, yeah and independence and freedom and canada could be it could be said it's like yeah we're going to be the peacekeepers we're just going to kind of like you know and then we'll apologize for it later or whatever but that's the peacekeeper so each country and then italy of course is like ah oh, and france so ireland is is the mystical the other world the going deep within and it's pulling in all the elements of who we are as human beings and the thing that i have experienced as being the most powerful thing about my own irish roots um is the beauty and the access to the other world the beauty and the access and that knowing that the other world is within me and I have access to that at any time right. and and having faith that I will be loved that I am loved and guided perfect and humor <laughs> yeah you gotta have like a little bit of humor in it absolutely right? absolutely <laughs> without humor makes things so much easier to bring in Nice. Or, yeah. Was there anything else that you feel is related to any of this information? You, was there anything else that you wanted to share that was on your list of topics to talk about that you weren't able to share so far? For parents who are that have brought it, that are bringing in or being the vessel for the souls that are coming in now. Um, to listen to their kids, to listen beyond, like listen through the veil, listen through the thin place, because from the time they're born, so they're about 10 years old, they're still in the other world. And so when we speak to our kids, listen for that aspect of that quality. I remember once being in the car with my son and he was four at the time. 
and it was my first past life regression was with my son and we're sitting in the car and we're driving along and he's sitting there and then all of a sudden he points out the window he's four points out the window and he says i died over there mm, really? and, I, and i and i knew immediately something had shifted like he something took place you died over there what happened there was a fire everybody else got out but i died in the fire really how what else happened do you remember anything about yourself and he said i was a girl that time that's what he said i was a girl that time i was 12. everybody else got out but i died in the fire and then i asked him do you remember your name and then he goes you know my name mommy <laughs> then, boom, <he's> back. <laughs> oh no way that that was i was you know that was how old, i was 24 25 years old when i first heard my heard my first past life my first past life regression with somebody oh my goodness wow yeah and my other son matthew he uh in his session i we asked i asked him uh, can we check out where we were before in another lifetime sure so I asked him, where were we? And he said, we were brother and sister and we were in Scandinavia and our parents died and they left us some money. And you could, you know, when you're looking at a person's face and you know that they're not here, they are someplace else. Mm -hmm. We're on a boat. It's a big boat. I could see he was looking up. He could see the masts of the boat. And then he just said, we're going to America. And then he said, we died young, but we had a blast. Mm, wow. So brother and sister, and that's the kind of relationship that he and I have now. But there's, uh, again, the, the thing that I wanted to really reiterate with um, your American listeners is just how extraordinary and unique and a gift as an energy on the planet that you are. To the world and that you're well, loved. You. Thank you. And then after it's all said and done. And you're Irish too. Yeah. That's so right. That's that. right. No matter what that ancestry thing said. <laughs> well, my mom always said, Yeah, that Irish blood in you. I was like, Oh, okay, I'm Irish. Well, it makes sense. All right, freckles, you know. So I'm I'll go with it. It seemed like a cool bunch. <laughs> yep, yep. So, You'll have a blast. But I guess in an all grand theme, you know, we're all connected. We're all one. So, you know, but each one of us has our own little role to play, our own little part to play in this big old movie of ours. Yeah. So, so with that being said, it sounds like you need to come back one day and, and for like mystery hour, mystery metaphysical hour, you know, <laughs> so sure. continue on with some of that great information. And before we wrap it up, was there, we already talked about Ireland, Atlantis. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. What is the best way for someone to get in touch with you, contact with you, whether it's to have a session or even to say thank you for the information that you provided today? They can, uh, people can reach me through my the QHHT website. Email address is there. I also do coaching sessions on dream interpretation because I used to, used to uh, do workshops and and also there's something 
if I may share, a friend of mine, I was giving her a session and asked her where we were together uh, in a previous lifetime. And she said, we were on a council and we had, our job was to assist souls before they came into earth, assist them with their soul contracts. And so I could see she was like unfolding this, like she could see this big, huge sheet of paper in front of her. Mm. And she could see all yeah. these lines that were all interconnecting. And I was asking her, so all these lines, these are paths in, in a person's lifetime? Yes. And, and then you have really strong, solid paths. And that's kind of like a destiny path. And then you'll have another path, a line that goes through it. And then all of a sudden it'll change. And I said, is that like free will in action? Yes, it is. So anything that happens in your soul, free will is what this planet is about. So that's what she and I were on, a council that saw the full scope of a soul's contract. And we would help them and guide them into what what was in their highest good to fulfill their soul's purpose. And so that's, it's something that I've just kind of always been able to do is just be able to see, yeah, I, I can see how that one's going to play out. No matter what it is, I can mm-hmm. see how it's going to play out. If I may impart to you, Jason, when you talk about that little, that little piece that you want to take a look at about Atlantis, it's like that is an important piece for you to access and work with and transform for yourself mm-hmm. as it's, it. it's an important part of your life, your, your soul, con- your soul contract to yourself. Yes, ma'am. I believe it. Kind of had the, the book right there <laughs> to work on it. So that's guardians of magic right there. That's a book that I created. It's like a mini series. So oh. kind of like my way of, you know, putting all the information I'm learning into a fun sci-fi action story, you know, instead of taking the, I guess you could say, not the Dolores Cannon approach or anything, but like the documentary type, instead of taking it like that, take it to the masses movie screen or series or something like that. So hopefully one day that will be part of it. But yeah, I, I think on both sides, Atlantis for, for me and for, Humanity is a huge piece of the puzzle as well. And I will be exploring more of it. And, but uh, time will tell. And I, this, there's two books already created. The third one's created. I just have to finish it. But talking to, even in these videos, even going to that conference, kind of like, oh, I think there were some pieces I was missing from it. That's probably why I didn't finish the third one just yet, because there's something I need to change in. I was like, ah, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah, there's that, there's a tunnel that's, that uh, is beckoning you. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, is that part of what you do, the the council, the, the readings for individuals? You do readings as well, like with the, the Akashic Records or whatever that was when they took oh, out the, the scroll the, the soul contract scroll yeah is that something it, y'all do or yeah I, well actually i do it in my massage work because of course uh, you know 
I've had maybe 15 to 20,000 sessions and you get to know about people's bodies. And when you don't listen to them, the body will do all sorts of things to get you to pay attention. Mm, so true. I believe it. That's when I see, I'm, I'll, I'll tell the client, I, I'm seeing a red flag here. So it's kind of like working with somebody on that now on the consciousness level. And here's a red flag. Now you can either do something about it or engage in it. Not like, not necessarily like a do, but engage in it and be willing to look at it and ask to see more truth around it and, and then fine tuning it with them. So that kind of work as well. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So the best way for someone to get in touch with you is through the official QHHT website. And you have a page that's on it that has contact information that someone can reach out to you for. And I'll have a link in the description. I'm familiar with that website. So I have a link in the description so you can contact Ms. Inez about that. And to offer thank you and comments on anything you wanted to reach out to her for. And was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap it up? Just thank you. This All has right. been a beautiful conversation. You're just Perfect. a beautiful, big-hearted, uh, you. amazing you man. It was a privilege, privilege having this conversation with you and, and allowing me the, a platform to be able to just hang out with your listeners. And Perfect. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime you want to come back. Okay. <laughs> so before you hang up, I have two more questions for you, but we're going to wrap this up. <clears throat> if you're watching this video on Guardians of Magic by any chance because of the, any of the Atlantis information, uh, look in the link below in the description for the main interview, the rest of the interview that deals with this, but all the Atlantis stuff will be on Guardians of Magic. And look in the link below for any bonus material see if there's any bonus material that will be on rumble that's not youtube friendly so far i think we had a pretty good conversation so everything seems pretty good but if there is anything there will be a link in the description below and with that being said i want to tell everybody take care leave a comment below tell me what you think what you think about the information can you relate to anything or even if you're irish you know or if you even want to go to ireland but leave it below in the comments and I want everybody to take care and have a good night. One of the things that was, you mentioned how me and Daniel didn't go into much details with uh, the British Empire. So I did a little bit more research with Don, John D. Just after I did the interview with, with uh, Daniel, I did a little bit more research to find out a little bit more information on John D on YouTube. And his, Daniel's episode was 007. And what was funny was that on the YouTube video, they said John D was the 007 of, of the queen of the of that time frame i was like <laughs> are you like that i yeah. said 007 
episode yeah. seven. He's a big fan of John D. And John D was a 007 for the queen of that time. 